icon on the table and our phones are off. Last name's a bit tricky. It's uh, Bhatnagar. So it's Arjun Bhatnagar. There's really only two rules to Indian accents as you roll the R and you take any word and make it two syllables. Okay, so a quick introduction. I'm you Mark. are, and I am. I have Dave. No idea. I'm Dave, but we have a guest who has a, a longer name. Yes, um, and, and at least he's us. got. He's got. Oh, that's. I wasn't getting at that. I was ah. getting at fact he actually has. Unlike you and I, have last names we're not using because they can look that up. Right. Uh, for our guests, they cannot. So we are going to say, do the following: give us your name in in all its excellent glory, and then we'll work back from that. <laughs> so I pronounce my name as Arjun Bhatnagar. Um, but as I tell people, I'm Arjun Butnagar. Okay. Um, that's the two different Arjun. So Arjun. Arjun is the way to go. <laughs> cool. We got it. Okay. So, so you know, normally we know. Who's that comedian that's Canadian? Russell. Russell Peters. Russell. What does that yeah. have to do with anything? Uh, he knows what I'm talking I know exactly. about. <laughs> I do not. And, and, I, and our one listener may not. Uh, he, yes. he exploits the oh, cultural no. differences between the uh in a tasteful way or no not? no he's quite irreverent okay. yeah <laughs> Don't yell not much. irrelevant but irreverent keep that voice down keep i'm that keeping voice my down. voice down but so my 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 canadian friends introduced me to him and uh i was you know the only white dude in a room of guys named salim <laughs> oh. and guys named amir and guys named hanif and they're all talking about this russell comedian and I said, oh, I know my role here is to be the white guy. I get it. So I've now been, I've been now turned on to him. And he's really funny. He's very, uh, very funny. Exploit is a funny way of describing it because it's very true. Right. But then again, I enjoy it. Yes. Everyone is Indian still enjoys it. Right. Because um, a lot of aspects of it is true. Even though there are a lot of generalizations. Of course. You either have observed it or it has been part oh, of your life. That's right. So, so just you, for the you record, need to look him up. He's very I, funny. I will. I will. But for the record, I am not planning on cutting any of this out because it's work. <laughs> yes. So, so but, we, but none we, of none of what I've what either of us have said is offensive to yeah, anybody. Yeah. It's an observation, and yeah, good. We figured it. We figured it out. So I saw where you were going with the. I, I'm not sure if you if that was on the uh, the tape, but with the uh, the way that uh, you can uh, provide an Indian accent with two syllables for every yeah. single syllable word. And that's where I where I first thought of that. <laughs> we did a prior podcast series where we um, we we didn't discuss this, but we did modify every freaking recording. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. And that was actually it was the death of that podcast. Well, <laughs> trying to cut stuff out, it was awful. And plus, it was um, well, with we, the we early had, software. One, our, our one friend who who is that Sharish. Not Sharish. yes oh he's yeah, yeah Sharish Ranjit. yeah and Very we were yeah and we were dumb enough to think it mattered what you said <laughs> like second to second so we mark and i often know what are we have often have some connection with our guests yeah and we have almost no connection I, how did you get here yeah so that's what part of you and my questioning <laughs> yeah um so <laughs> we have your partner connection. your business partner yes business partner a colleague um so I'm I'm a venture capitalist, oh, and okay. uh, my business partner Pear. Pear. P a e r. P e r. Pronounced P a r. Right. Oh. Um, he knows one of you. Or me, met me. Me. I met okay, him. Okay. Okay. You I met, met him. him. What's the VC firm? <laughs> so we're brand new. Oh. Um, Rally. So we're called Rally Cry Ventures. Okay. Um, I played a bit of a role in naming it. Um, we 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 have something disclosed. We haven't. This guy's got yet. a voice for radio. Yeah, also. Yes. <laughs> yeah, listen to that voice. So ra- rally cry, not rallying. No, rally cry, but okay. based on rallying cry. You're going to yeah. yeah. tell us about that, though. All right. Yes. Uh, so let's go back to Pear first. Because <laughs> right, I so met Pear, Pear, Pear here. Pear is your GP? So, no, we have no. two GPs right. and three partners. Okay. So I'm a partner. Okay. And yeah. we have not their GPs slash MDs. Okay. Really small. There's five of us. Okay. Um, and relatively very small fund, $20 million fund. That's great. Did, um, and that's what you're doing your first close on? Yes, okay. exactly. And so, you've not closed it yet? No. So the okay. reason I'm disclosing is that this SEC by, uh, regulations that if I can't do any PR, right. but I can talk about my job. Okay. So I can say what I do. Yes, yeah, so you um, are not pitching for anything right now. No, I'm just saying what I do, and the fact that it's not closed allows yes. me to say, yeah, this is yes. my job. Okay. There's nothing in Let's here Let's go back to interest. Canadian comedians. <laughs> yeah, keep going. So tell us more about 
rally cry. No, tell us yeah. more about you. So, oh, so bottom line, I can jump in. I know something, uh, or very little, but I know that I was, we were running a program here at the firm at uh, Nutter Studios. Right. And, um, was this the MIT program? The MIT program. The Smart Start? Or was uh, it? No, no. It was called Breaking Ice with Angels. Oh, and that, so, I was gonna, that was a couple Thursdays ago. I was going to yeah, come, but it I was, couldn't. It was very well run by moi. Yeah. And um, what we did, it was, yeah, it was questionable. But um, we had a bunch of, we had three companies presenting to five angels who sat through and uh, kibitzed and um yeah to kibitz and, yeah, and uh and to uh, critique and etc cetera, etc cetera, yep. as if it were a screening or a real presentation to angels for fundraising okay. obviously it was all mock fundraising and pear, because and pear was one of the angels no pear was hanging out um <laughs> pear was hanging out in the audience okay um just uh innocently um or until he latched onto all the uh the companies when they were finished and which um, is what a smart vc does why right. you know Right. Why not scoop up someone else's deal? So, flow? as I understand it, I, so I can actually get part of it. So they've got a different um, shtick, if you will. Yeah. Um, and their shtick is that uh, Rally Cry Ventures actually postures you, the companies, puts them in position for a small equity share, puts the company in position to pitch angels, uh, to raise money from angels. So it's not a traditional, as I understand it, tr traditional VC fund, which might kick out. So you're like an investment banker? No, Whoa, so no, no, I, I no, can no. talk about what we do. Yeah, so okay. we are we are non-traditional. <laughs> okay. We actually have some of you here knows what they do, <laughs> but you definitely are uh, right on the right was, on the right track. Yeah, um, swim lane, swim lane, uh, <laughs> so, gate, gate, yeah, stage uh, gate, stage gate. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, so <laughs> just ignore us. <laughs> I'm trying to think do. about how to articulate it. So, <laughs> in terms of what, how we approach ourselves, we are smaller, and why we exist is in the VC market. Um, I also talk about, I have two jobs, but the visa, okay. talk about the VC. Um, so VC investments been increasing more and more. Right. Um, so what used to be seed funding of one to like, uh, uh, I say 1 million, it actually used to be less. Right. Um, 50K was like the main yeah. like seed first round. <laughs> seed funding is now from one to 5 million. Right. And with series A jumping in from five, even up to 15 million. Right. This yeah. VC, we push towards more and more money. There's now kind of this gap where angel syndicates are now putting in 800,000 or really or more. Up, yeah. and they're demanding yeah. more and more from the people they're investing in um, better product market fit um, better uh, idea of what they're trying to do some either some revenue and so it's really up to these individual angels or your own personal network to really fund you in the beginning right and so these pre-seed VC funds are coming out that's what we are pre-seed oh. VC uh, so okay so pre-seed VC fund but are you also helping with the fundraising? So we that's our so we have an interesting model to how we're de-risking. De so we are assuming, very, assuming you exist in close. <laughs> assuming we exist in close is that so we work with the so our thesis is investing, which is very risky pre-product. Okay. So most people do. You've built an MVP. Yeah. You've done some sort of market testing. You've got some feedback. You failed a bit. Um, we catch pre-failure um, going so pre-product really. Mm. At the raw stage. Well, this is like back to the Don't, future. Isn't there a podcast on failure? There's <laughs> a great podcast on failure. I think we're actually on it. Um, but this is this is Are back. Are we recording, by the way? We, we, uh, no, not yet. We'll start in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> let's get this thing rolling first, and I'll get the recorder going. Um, but this is back to the future, is it not? Which right. is that not but five or ten years ago, uh, the angel group I sit in now, Boston Harbor Angels, would be talking Don't to companies you. with a... Oops, I didn't put I didn't pitch except by the way, are you a director of the MIT Enterprise Forum? I am. Ah, that's not that's a pitch right. though. It's I, volunteer. I, I uh <laughs> this I, is the running I, I joke. think I might be moving to the executive committee. No. Uh, you? Yeah. I'm surprised. Is that uh the Peter principle? They kick you upstairs I to your to your point of didn't incompetence. Know what else to do with me. Did you know what the Peter principle is? Yes. Do that, you know what that is? I do not. So that, it was a, that, that was in 70s. our era. Yeah. Uh Peter no, it wasn't Peter Drucker. No, it was an, a prior Peter, but it I was the author's name. The Peter principle was that everybody was, and this was when corporations were big and VC funds did not exist. <laughs> this right. was when no, they, they existed because the VC venture capital funds existed in the late fifties. Oh, that guy, as I recall, early, the RCA guy. No, his name it was a French yeah, name. general guy. General, yes. After yeah, yeah. Intel is when the is actually started growing right. a lot more. But there was one guy that invented yeah. the term venture Who's capital with it. Yeah. I actually knew the name. I forgot. Yeah, it's General a French name. General Poirot or... Um, 
I know uh, Poirot. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, I forget. Isimo, I mean, I, I, General I Isimo. General Isimo. No, was not that him? It? No, no, he was a not a. Okay, this any is case. where we've lost our one listener. Okay, so in any event, <laughs> there. <laughs> I forgot. Even I confused myself. So go back. So you guys are. I think what I was trying to say, if I can remember, was that in the early days you would do uh, angel groups would do funding at even yep. the a little beyond the concept stage. Yep. But now they do seem to demand um, close to revenue, if not actual yes. revenue, to find out whether somebody will eat the dog food and you guys come in early. Yeah. And okay. The idea is that before you've really done any of that testing, the, what we're trying to mitigate is that between after we invest, we actually work with our companies where we're trying to mitigate the, not mitigate failure, we, we completely accept failure, pivoting changes. Right. It's just that kind of the guardrails towards a better fundraising, better company growth, where when you fail, you don't ideate so much that you ideate out of control. Right. And so what we provide is... Ideate. <laughs> ideate is ideate's a, a great real word. word. <laughs> I love it. Pivot. Okay. Pivot in your mind. Ideate. Yeah, well, yeah so we have all the phrases, MVP, pivot, ideate. Ideate. Yeah. Na- navel gaze. Swim lane. Navel gaze. Swim lanes. Um, Swim lanes. Something gate. Yeah, exactly. something gate. Watergate. Oh, I'm sorry. Just to confuse our one audience member, who's <laughs> probably now getting close to retching. They, they're looking. They're looking for razors. Right. <laughs> we don't. We don't encourage that. Do not do that do at home. Play, do, yeah. Do not play with them. At <laughs> don't home. do that at home. Um, I think what I was going to say on the Peter principle is everyone was elevated to their point of incompetence. That's mm. right. Because if everyone, if you were doing well, wouldn't wouldn't you deserve to be promoted? So you were promoted to the point you weren't doing well. So that was your point of incompetence. Right. Actually, it seems like it's that it's, was the Peter principle. But actually, the Peter principle is an operating in full form even today look at us yeah (laughs) (laughs) we we co-produce a a goddamn podcast (laughs) it's awful okay so that's what you guys do and there's a small amount of equity when the fund finally closes which is so we give um so we take uh take around six or seven percent a small amount of equity um but the idea is that we we invest early on a small amount um like between 50 to 100 and we may do follow-on investment later on in the year, but our goal is that we work with you from the very beginning to seed, where you get okay. our... We work with you so heavily in terms of understanding. So we have three dominions. We've got myself in product and technology, All right. one partner focused on pair, revenue, business model, strategy, okay. and one focused on customer experience, marketing, and design. Ah. So the idea is that the three of us work with our investments right. to help as they're ideating, pivoting, and growing. We kind of the architects that work with them to really plan that growth. So, That's actually smart. Yeah, it is. And so it turns and it's out. It's relatively novel based on my observation. Yeah. So it turns out that we run this program on the other day here at the uh, Nutter Studio. Um, and Pear was pitching um, some of the companies we brought in, which was good. Yep. And uh, we got to talking, and Pear has done some podcasts of his own, hasn't he? Yeah. Pear has a very unique background. The yeah. only thing I always remember is that when I introduced him to my friends, he's like, oh, it's the goat guy. The goat uh, guy? Yeah. Pear oh, actually... This is the beginning of a story. <laughs> we like stories. Pear, um, I know Pear, um, he shared some of his background growing up. His father... He's a are, man of nouns. Pears <laughs> and goats. Pear, pears, a goats. A man of nouns. Um, he, so his sister wanted a pony, I believe, growing up when they were this little. This is yet another story. And, yeah. um, but a had, regular storyteller. This is great. Keep going. <laughs> His father said, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But instead, he came home with a goat. This sounds like something. I wanted brown, black shoes when I was a kid. No, I wanted tennis shoes. And my dad said, we'll get you something. They were we'll brown get you dress shoes. Brown dress shoes. It's like, <laughs> okay, I got shoes, but they weren't the ones I wanted. Okay, so what was the point of that? So, so she got a mammal. She got, <laughs> <laughs> got a mammal somewhere. There's what, four legs. What the hell else does she want? Yeah, well, why'd he get her picky, a goat? Picky. Oh, because he didn't want to mow the lawn. <laughs> he, He's a genius. I, I don't know the was, reasoning. Was that, oh, that was I don't know the, the reasoning. Punchline. His yeah. father loved just loved the idea of having a goat. Well, goats are cute. And they oh. ended up having one goat. I think they went to six goats and really? then twelve goats. Really? And they ended he up loving the goats. Lawn. That's great. But they had goat milk. They had they they like they yeah. utilized the goat. Um, yeah. That's cool. Uh, so he's a, the goat guy. He's the goat guy. That's, That's kind a of great story. <laughs> in my head, but he's been had various jobs. Um, like one of the funniest thing I used to say is that he, so he's goat guy. We have and, to get him in for the second podcast. Yeah. And airplane guy. There's, airplane. A, there's only oh, two. Okay. There's, there's a story here. There's only two things. He, I don't know if I'm allowed to share his story, but I guess sure. so many years. We will pair. We're sorry. We're sharing your story. We're sorry about it. Yes. Yes. But 
he you're famous tw- though 20 plus years ago he worked um for an airline company and i found out like he used to tell me that before he had any computer systems managing it there's a human who would monitor the prices and manually set the price for the, the plane that day on the system so oh. um so he had that job of setting plane prices oh so he set it uh, low and bought it and then set it back high so <laughs> genius <laughs> that was the the gist of the story is that he finger uh, arbitrage he he's allowed as a working for the airplane company to fly for free um so but the thing is that if you ever came back late next day to work you were immediately you're fired that on the spot so <laughs> he would go on trips on the weekends and then he told me about one of the funniest things he'd do is he'd go to florida or travel to florida where what would happen is he'd set uh, when he, he'd fly out but on the way back sunday night he before he'd left for the weekend he had set the price super high so what would happen is that people buying tickets or going back um they'd go to the agent and say i'd like to buy a ticket and be exorbitant amount of money and they say i'm sorry it's something we can do it's expensive today it just would be like a random flight to a random place just extremely- how would that help him would that help him coming back late well when you miss a if you missed your flight or the seats are not available yeah. there's no multiple flights in the day yeah, they're yeah. just like one plane or so two. could he come back later as so a result? This was, he was I'm architecting the price yeah but, to, so make, that, to ensure that he had one seat he on had the plane. he had one oh seat that's what he was doing that's exactly a genius so this is a real wheeler dealer I guess that's one word, or or or, or felon. I'm not sure which. <laughs> that is great. In the, uh, I guess who would it be? Not the, uh, who would it be? Not the FTC. Not the SEC. FAA. 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 Yeah, yeah. there's got to be some set of initials. I th- I think they're that the statute of lim- of limitations. Were this a oh, true story? Oh, this is way back when. This is way yeah, back. Yeah. Way back. This Were this is a true way, story? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Were this, this a, a real podcast? Uh, but, by <laughs> that way, would be true. Just so we can uh, date and time this thing, I just read just a quick news flash that um, our friend Trump was on the phone with our, our not friend Putin and um, they joked about the, the Russian witch hunt and uh, there was apparently no discussion of, of um, election manipulation because of course, of course. that didn't happen. Um, okay, I don't know what that had to do with anything but I just thought I would raise it. Point in time. Okay, so anyway, yes. so, 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 okay. so we run this program and Pear is there pitching Is to, it an MIT uh, an MIT program. We run the program. Enterprise program. Yep, yeah, that one. The, the thing you're on the uh, executive committee for, the um, Peter Principle has gotten you to the point oh, where you deserve to be I, fired. I shouldn't even um, be allowed in the city of Cambridge, no, trust me. No, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, so I run into Pear, and Pear says, uh, I say, we do this podcast, and Pear invariably has done a whole bunch of podcasts. So we talk about that. And the next thing he says, oh, then you have to meet my, I think he said my partner, my business partner, whatever he called you. Yeah. Uh, you got to meet Arjun. And, um, and so he said, he has a great failure story. And as I understand, <laughs> the failure story involves mansions old uh, dilapidated mansions yes. and, 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 and entrepreneurs no goats no goats and entrepreneurs and um, it was a great story but I've forgotten it thank God yeah it was um, so the mansion is a part of one of many stories and say failures yeah, this is, they ought to call okay. them the storyteller uh, VC <laughs> alright yeah. yeah. said the failure podcast on my way here I was thinking about it there's Someone's like, oh, list your biggest failure, this failure, that failure. I was like, well, I think my life's just been a compilation of failures. People only see the successes. I say, well, it's just really it's just a whole series of failures behind it. Well, as Mark often says, we have four hours of tape here. <laughs> we're all ears. Um, we're we're going to start giving our guests sort of a couch to lay down on. And, <laughs> to kind of, and we're, we're going to end up like the, the failure therapist. <laughs> I don't think I need therapy anymore, but for failure, I think that's the one thing I is like. You know what? It's, it's what I got. It's yep. like the yeah. if I'm not good at anything, I'm good at failing. Right. Failure is good. We love failure. <laughs> Hashtag failure. So start with any story you like. <laughs> so, so we mentioned the mansion. I'll start with that, and yeah. we can we'll branch out to the other bigger stories. And this part of was it. a business. So start, so yeah. Um, I so quick background myself. Uh, I haven't talked about what I do oh, overall. Yeah, that's right. so yeah, we're all VC, full of that. So it's a small VC fund. Right. So I can't obviously, there's a whole secret about VC about how VCs make money from the management fee. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't not, know about this. Yeah. No, it's not a secret. It's, <laughs> well, a <laughs> lot of the, people. And the carry. Yeah. <laughs> and the carry. Yeah. Um, they see the carry, don't know about the management fee. Right. Yeah. Um, so we don't obviously make a lot of money from the small VC fund. Right. So I also, I, I work half my day oh, on the right. VC fund. Yeah. And I work half my day as a senior enterprise architect or solutions architect. So a okay. developer, a technical guy. Yeah. Um, so, but the people who owned, who started the VC fund, the MDs, right? They owned and ran the software company. Do you keep referring to them the MDs as the doctors, or is there some managing directors? Managing director. Managing director. director so. Sorry, managing director. That is directors. very helpful. Or it's my father, who was my late father, who was an accountant in Michigan, 
He had many uh, other immigrants, so he was an immigrant from uh, Europe, uh, other immigrant clients, and a lot of them were um, uh, butchers. So he'd say, yeah, I'm going to wait one a minute, of the wait MDs. Wait a minute, How are we going to... Yeah, well, I'm going to one of the MDs, the meat dealers. <laughs> <laughs> so when I grew up, I and I heard about, you know, he's a, he's a well-to-do MD. I just thought that they were running a, a retail butcher shop or something oh, like that. That's great. That's great. And Who that's why know? I'm a vegetarian. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep going. So so they, they were very successful. They're a software company. They made they were angel investors, made four or five big investments oh. uh, that have, made investments with four or five big exits. Yeah. Acquisitions, one IPO. Um, so then it led to this creation of VC fund. So I work half my day there, half my day here, then the third half running a nonprofit. Oh, <laughs> so what's a nonprofit? Yeah, that'll be more um, exciting. Goats? Not no. goats. Airplanes? I did see a goat um, oh. just a few weeks ago. Airplanes and goats. Um, I, so I'm building schools in the Philippines. Oh, oh that's um, totally wow. cool. So I'm a um, bit of my background in tech, so I'm actually trying to create uh, learning centers and vocational centers for people who are really low-income neighborhoods. Okay. The second school I'm building is destitute poverty. They're like right. in the mountains, the, the villages. The Why first the, one was how, How'd you pick the Philippines? So it's part of a bigger, another story of failure. Oh, I'll yeah. get to that in a second. But oh, the... boy. We are failure stacked on failure. We got this ours. The, uh, look, the failure I, king. My wife's expecting me for dinner. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, failure king. The school, the first school launched really small, only one classroom, serving about only 10 students at a time. So you kind of, we just grew up to 30 students just very recently. All right. So trying to organize that's been a challenge. But the idea is we're managing the whole program via Slack and teaching these people using self-guided curriculum. Right. So we have one staff member there, but all the kids and the adults alike are learning on their own um, basics of computers, moving to typing, learning about Google Docs, online tools. Right. Eventually the goal of learning web development, graphic design, but building those fundamentals so they could actually build their own career. Okay. Um, so we started, started there, and I just came back three weeks ago from the Philippines where we're starting our second school. But more traditional math and reading, right? Um, to get to the point of one day introducing computers, because people have no food, water, or electricity. So, right. did you tell us? I sort of lost it yeah. in there. Did you tell us how you ended up in the Philippines with us? So that's the a bit of a somber tone um, oh, to the. We're not so. good with somber. No, <laughs> no, we, but, because we're two jackasses. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's well, um, mostly David. <laughs> This is part of the learning and failure. My, um, I was engaged. My fiance, she's Filipina. Oh, um, she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry to hear that. And that is bad. When you see the story of failure and success and all that, you'll see how everything kind of fits into a puzzle piece. Right. Um, but with Boy, her, like her passing away changed my life dramatically. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. And like a sure. completely radical direction. Right. Yeah. Um, how long ago was this? Two and a half years ago. Uh, Yikes. Mm. Yeah, so it's been it's been a little while. Yeah, yeah. But it's still very fresh. And, yeah. and that, hence your attachment to the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. Now That's I get cool. it. <laughs> so she's Phil. She I built the first school where um, she was actually baptized thirty cool. feet away. Oh really? So wow. not too very cool. Not too far. Yeah, that is um, very cool. And oh, I'm working with her older sister. Good. Okay. So her and good. I are working together and yep. growing right. this thing. Good. Wow. Good, good. That's a great, well, sad but great story. I, I think what's sad is that you've accomplished nothing like this, David, in your life. I have done almost nothing. <laughs> yes, I. We, that, we run this miserable podcast that and, makes and, us feel and, better and, occasionally. And, and, and here you are, it. this thirty-story uh, <laughs> building, gauche building filled with marble, goats, gauche, goat goats, building, goats building, filled with attorneys. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> have I done? What, what the hell have you done? Well, there's a big window there. <laughs> yeah, we're on the third floor, yeah. so uh, fifth floor. So yeah, like, so you can break an arm. <laughs> might scratch so your leg. Where, where are we? <laughs> so we started with what I was doing. Yes. Then we... Which um, was then, a lot. Uh, a lot. So I gave the context. So um, I ran two startups. So I had one startup, um, grew really well. It was growing nice track. Oh, right. this lot, sounds like a failure. Which uh, sounds like the, there yeah. were a lot of failures in the beginning where yeah. I learned what it was to be a technologist launching a product where I built features and features and features and it got nowhere. Right. Failed, stopped, relaunched later, completely different mindset about MVP. Yeah. And grew rapidly. Wow. Um, to the, and? And we got our first customer. Things were going well. And? But then Ira, my fiance, passed away. Oh. And I had opportunity to, to have it be acquired outright. Right. Okay. And, and you and took advantage of that. I took advantage of that. That's good. To take a, what I thought would be a pause. Right. And, and it turned out to be a pivot. 
turned out to be I stopped. I ended up uh, making the wrong decision to start my next company oh boy. with my with my my former co-founders. And that was what like consumed me and the whole mansion story. Why I got Oh, to the, this is the mansion full of goats and airplanes. We so one of the things when we started that company was that we were trying to figure out what we do for office space. But we also, it's a startup, so you live, work all yeah, day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we said, why don't we save money and rent out a mansion? And so... <laughs> well, that's sort of is, counterintuitive. Is, is this like in Vancouver, what you no. read about, where, <laughs> where they have all, all these mansions yeah. that, you know, uh, folks from uh, China, in particular Hong Kong, China, were buying but left unoccupied? I know all about that. Right. People... Uh, it's not that. It was right here oh. in the border, literally the border of Wayland and Natick, Mass. And I live oh. in Wayland. It's, and I uh, live in Natick. You might have actually heard about what happened no. about one of our events. Because I knew uh, people in a 40-mile radius heard about one of our parties. <laughs> that was, this sounds like Was this an Airbnb story. thing? No. No. No, this um, sounds like a great story. Oh. But we had, yeah. um, so I'll give the context. So we were looking for office space. We said, the rent was expensive. It was like 12K a month. Right. But we said... We've got about 12 bedrooms. Why don't we rent with other entrepreneurs and people who are thinking about starting businesses? And we partitioned part of the, the house as our office. We had a conference room. What we had street a was this on? This is on uh, Saddlebrook Road. Oh, that's, that's actually, I mean, isn't Off that 30, across from Parmenter? Isn't that across from the Parmenter place? No, that's not Route 30. No. That's Route 27. Uh, oh, that's 27. That's Where is 30. Route 30. What's or that? 9. I know Saddlebrook. Saddlebrook, okay. I know Route 30. It's okay. right What's near it, my house. Was, What was it near? Um, Our three listeners, if there are even that many, won't know, but I'm curious now. It was what name retail establishment it was near. Uh, retail well, uh, down the road is near as the Einstein Bagels. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, so it's near, near the, the Starbucks. Starbucks. I think there's a Starbucks across the Einstein Bagels. I live right. at that Starbucks. Oh, so, so the floor is We very were cold. down the street, just yeah, yeah, uh, like that a place, couple yeah. minutes down the street you from yeah. the cemetery and all that. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the that's closer to not near the park. Weston, the other way. I, I don't know. No, yeah. it's not, away no, from yeah. Weston. Oh. Okay, okay, uh, we know what it is. Roughly, and, it's near the Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. like there's a uh, Margarita's Mexican place that's sort of up on Spean Street. So you're not quite at Spean Street. We're far. I know where the Margarita's is. Yeah. We are yeah. down the street from Spean. You keep going down. Okay, yeah. not if you drive for a few oh, minutes, it's there. Okay, so yeah, all right. So I I could walk there from my home, and I have not heard about. Your, your mansion yeah, no, party. Yeah, me neither. There was a mansion party. Uh, and I was is, not invited. No, yeah, uh, I, I don't think in. you'd want to be invited. And you, the outcome was not... Uh, legally, Good. everything was fine. Oh, uh, sure. Except the nitrous tanks. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, those are just who, to hold the door open. Who were open. the arresting authorities? Was it the <laughs> town of Wayland or the city of Natick? Oh, so actually that became a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually... Right. The police from one showed up and said, wait a second. We don't so, have jurisdiction. We don't have jurisdiction. Because our house was literally half the house was in Wayland, half was in Natick. Wow. We, so everybody moved to the other side. <laughs> so it was... Oh, okay. uh, now you got me it very was, curious. We had, two, we had two addresses. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, so funny. So it was, uh, mailing and getting mail is like I think I know exactly where this house uh, is. And we, so we had a pool and a tennis court. Yeah. Like this was a uh, interest. And then uh, we had very interesting landlords. Apparently. Uh, so it was just a... Really a grab so bag of experiences. What, what kind well, yeah, of party we, was yeah, this? Yeah, no, we, there's a lot to talk about here. Keep going. I'm so just looking it up. We started, um, and so we. I learned a lot. I warned my co-founders that living with people and collecting rent is a, a mess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it is. And they said, "No, it'll be fine. It'll be great." Very cool. And I was like, "If you guys really want to do it, I'll like help figure out how to make it work." Yeah. yeah. And I was like, "It's." I thought it'd be an interesting experience, and I can say at the conclusion. Interesting is the only word I can say about mm. it. Yeah, yeah. To so say fun, bad, I don't know. But um, so what? So 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 stepping back because there's a lot of stories going on here. So it's it turns out you guys are starting a business with uh, your former co-founder. Yeah. And you don't have office space, so you decide to acquire or rent a um, large uh, mansion. Yeah. Um, but near near the Starbucks I hang out and near where Mark lives and some bad stuff happens towards the end but tell us about the business and all that well yeah uh, was was the sentence suspended oh wait a minute. that's a different <laughs> aspect yeah so so the party must have been at the end but what so happened we had parties throughout we had three or four parties oh man and this the, was for the all the other f companies in there well for us and all of our friends yeah oh. and the biggest party we had so this is we had 400 people in our biggest party that's Holy cool God. it was crazy and why i say that i'll give that that, that long story short was the police came but they legally couldn't come because of sound 
because there wasn't a sound complaint. The no. real issue was that we had we backed up the entire highway for Ubers. So oh. we there the Ubers were nonstop <laughs> and people were getting off at the so this was the main point of the two addresses yeah. how all these stories connect. What year was the, this? This was in 2017. Okay, wow. I'm 2017 and ending in 2018. Okay. Um, okay. Very recent. Yeah. And uh, what happened was that the Ubers would drop people off and the police kept police came and they really couldn't do anything. There was right. like the complaint was there are cars in the road. Yeah. How can you complain about yeah, cars yeah. on the road? So, and it was a nerd party, it sounds like, too. <laughs> well, mixture of nerd and non-nerd. Um, <laughs> it was a um, funny... I can just see... Uh, officer, we, we were really arguing about Ruby on Rails versus Python. <laughs> and, and, the, and the officer was just like, huh? <laughs> it was uh, not so much that we also have colleges in the area. Yeah. So we had uh, people from Babson, oh, yeah. Wellesley, yeah. Yeah. Olin... Um, there are four towns in our little cross section between Weston, Framingham, yep. Native, yeah, Wayland. Yeah. Um, so the problem ended up becoming that they came in and shut it down. That you're a public nuisance. Uh, yeah, that's because good. of the cars. Yeah. They said because people what what eventually they got us was that throughout the night was that people were going on other people's lawns yeah. to walk to our house because they couldn't find our house. Because oh. uh, the address, because the dual the, address. the dual address Uber has no concept of where the house is, so it put them like. In the, on the corner of the next street, a corner of a different street, like around the edge. Oh, That's yes, 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 yeah. We had put lights everywhere. So I'm, I'm one kind of plans a lot of the stuff. I didn't have, like, I didn't have a lot of fun at the party as well as, well as like, making sure that people didn't die right. and things were running at least a bit smoother. Yeah, so you're the guy walking around with the, with the paper towels going, no, don't throw up there. <laughs> don't throw up there. <laughs> so um, wait a minute. So, by the way, what was the address? Do you remember? So... I don't know if I... I guess I'm out of it. So they can't yeah, you're really, out of it. Yeah. He's, he's trying to look it up. He's trying to identify yeah. the house. 16 Saddlebrook Road. Oh, I see that right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess now I don't live there. So it's Zillow. Like I'm trying to pick up the picture. Okay, so let's go back to the... For the we're probably confused everyone, including me. So tell us about the business. So what we did was... Um, we were a software development company. Yeah. But we had an, our own twist. Yeah. Um, so obviously everyone's like build apps and websites for people. Yeah. But what our thesis was... There's two-pronged one was that we didn't want to grow a big large in-house team yeah. we want to leverage the gig economy yeah. so freelancers contractors smart people who wanted to develop who wanted to code design without having a full-time job yep um so we were leveraging people there so when i was starting i would interview people i've interviewed like almost 400 people wow. to build our consultant network. You could have interviewed yeah. everyone at the party. <laughs> could have interviewed everyone at the party. Right. Uh, probably only my, found one or yeah. two people. Yeah. Um, but we built our own private consultant network. Yep. So we could tap onto to create teams on the fly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then what we do actually in the second part was that we tried to, what our end up sales pitch after a lot of pivoting and understanding of who we are was that we became what I define as a portable product innovation team. So it's a little mouthful. I never came around to the, the smooth um, the smooth market right. lingo. But the idea is that a lot of these large enterprises don't innovate. And yeah. at Series A, so we're talking enterprise and Series A, right. they're, they're strapped usually midway through their funding yeah. that they, they got to hit their goal or they're going to go bust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but they have different things they're trying out. So how do you innovate in a company, both in enterprise and Series A? Well, you find out there's one common commonality. It's a framework I articulated but it's backed by everything that already happens in the, the market today right is that to innovate there only there's some criteria you have to follow you have to be autonomous separate small be able to communicate really well and then be backed by resources process yeah. culture and the ability to be nimble yeah and that's kind of a framework oh, that i kind yeah. of outlined is what we were trying to create okay and that we were creating that cultural culture to facilitate somebody working in ukraine somebody working in paris someone working in Nigeria to work together to build and launch an app for a startup. Yeah. Okay. And um, we managed to, like our culture, our process, how we worked is that the idea is that if you want to innovate something, you can let us do it on our own, give us some overarching guidance and yeah. we will help innovate and create Got it. the thing you want to Understood. do. And, um, and you leverage Slack or whatever. Slack was our, yeah. my, that was your, your tool. I would sleep, I would wake up and go to bed with the Slack notifications. Okay. So where's, so this all <laughs> sounds like a plan. So yeah. where does it start going wrong? So um, starts going wrong when I when I start to grow the, our team. Yeah. So I start to realize that I the team I'm hiring was I don't real I I subconsciously realize and choose to ignore that the team I'm growing much more effective than the co-founders I started off with. 
but yeah, I so never quite realized that later on. Yeah. So what's the uh, effect of that? So what happens is that we still have our we still have our employees. We have our staff. We're growing. So eventually, we move out of the mansion. We move right to Boylston Street. Uh, so we move right into Boston. Okay. Yeah. Uh, things are things are nice. It's actually cheaper for us to move to Boylston really? than it is to do where we were. Fewer problems with the police. Yeah. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Fewer problems yeah. there. Keep going. Um, well, you're not sleeping there either. No, yeah. I'm not. Well, yeah. I slept once okay. uh, for a late night proposal trying to send out. Yeah. Um, but the idea was that uh, what I found out is that the sales cycle for these types of things were long. Yeah. Like, like yeah. six months is like these average. Right. But the thing that my co-founders started to get really excited about is that I'm just really good at, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was just really Go good ahead. at selling early on. Right. So I managed to get us these deals and closing them in within like one month. Yeah. And so these sales, so I grew, when they, I joined the company actually later. Yeah. I didn't start the company. All right. My co-founders started it. They had at that point three clients of which one of them, they had a screaming match and the client, they gave the money back to a client. Um, they lost money on project. And they had one kind of okay project. Sounds like a lawyer. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought the idea was really I interesting. I haven't tried the screaming thing with you, though. <laughs> I can't That's imagine, next. I can't imagine screaming. They screamed at a client. Yeah. But I How'd that I, work out? I learned about it later. I didn't really yeah, know yeah. about it right when I joined. Okay, so, yeah. so they have long sales cycles, and they don't get along with their own clients. And they get along with clients. But I joined, and I said, this is interesting. And oh, I yeah. grew it from about, they had about 5K in revenue to close to a million in revenue. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was Good. like when I joined and tried to scale it. Yeah. But the thing so that you were good at bullshitting people for the <laughs> good projects. Good at yeah. BSing, getting yeah. them excited. Hey, sales guy. <laughs> Sound like Mark. But, but I got the tech background to get people excited. How dare yeah. you? Yeah. Um, Keep going. What, what I learned was that between my co-founders, what, what ended up happening is that we got these sales really well. But then once you start scaling as a company, you start to follow what the industry norms are. Oh, you became, so, <laughs> yeah, you became slow and slow lethargic. Slow and lethargic. Not innovative. Yeah. Yeah, so, you're like a big company. <laughs> like hey, a, like we a, don't need to hire you. We already are that. But we're yeah. still startups. So it was yeah. like for them, for my co-founders, what I and I learned a lot of this after the fact about yeah. what their mindsets and their thoughts are, and that's what yeah, I. Yeah, this explain. was like the ultimate company that can never grow because <laughs> because as it grew, it became the opposite yeah. of what it was supposed to be. They they they, be, they became the enemy. Yeah, we've met the enemy, <laughs> and it is us. And our, <laughs> my my co-founders didn't appreciate or didn't recognize the that humor. things got slowed. Yeah. And that's, so what happened was that we had a slow summer. So our sales, like in the winter, were super high, a little lower in the spring, and then super low and slow in the summer. Because, and I view it, yeah. and yeah. I view it as like, oh, it's a slower cycle. For them, they viewed it as business disaster yeah. and business failure. And yeah, that's so. when we started to have differences between one and us. But it wasn't really prevalent. Were there yelling matches? They weren't yelling matches yet. Oh. Um, but it was more disagreements, but we all agreed that we were figuring things out. And we were they, were they uh, um, how do I say this? Were they Hindi yelling matches? No. So <laughs> we had a diverse co-founders. We had uh, two Indian guys yeah. um, we met in college. Right. Um, one, um, one guy from Newburyport. Okay. And then one who is half Arabic, half Indian. Oh. Who was Grew the up yeller? in Texas. Um, Old yeller. I think... <laughs> The one who is the, um, the one from Texas, yeah, the realtor. I respond when I when things escalate. I too get. You're I a get, yeller. I I'm a yeller when things get heated. Interesting. But I got a lot better at controlling that. How long were you into this? When was this your first summer? How long? How old was the business when you hit this one slow summer? Um, this is the second year into the business. And why had this not happened the first year? Um, because, were you not around? No, I was. I was around the first year. This, they were around a bit uh, later. They they did it for three months before I joined. Yeah. Um, but the first year we had we had a mansion, but then two we were we were we were finding clients. We were growing. We were all very actively engaged. But I I can articulate that our, I was managing fixed costs really well. But once we started having staff and yeah. office space, people saw that. We didn't have just money lying around that a lot of the money kept going to fixed expenses. Right. It's not money that we could pull off and take for ourselves or whatever. We never took money for ourselves, but right. it was just that there wasn't floating cash. Right. Money, money had to go to fixed expenses. So I think that stress didn't connect. It became a money. real business. It became a real business and not a project right. or a club. What do you think was the, um, <laughs> was it a summer slowdown because the customers were on vacation? So I would say... Partially, well, we also... Or was it the cycle you were in? When, what year was this? This is 2018. This is last year. 
Oh, and boy. It, and so we were well into the current administration, but things slowed down last year. That could have been the econ- economics, no? It could be anything. I yeah. think summer slowed down. We also got a VC term sheet, um, <sighs> and we yeah. we were arrogant, and we turned it down. Yeah, um, so. probably a good move. <laughs> In hindsight, mm-hmm. I actually think it was, I should have taken it for what um, the outcome was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we turned down the VC offer. We said we're just going to grow our company. Um, we leverage our own money to grow. Yeah. And then we also leverage long-term debt. Yep. And Ooh. so was that the, credit card debt or what was so it? So credit card debt, um, long-term loans. Okay. From um, where? How would you? How did you manage the loans? What'd you put up for collateral? So that's the, the <laughs> that's when you when you don't have collateral, a software business, the personal guarantee. Oh. And that's what I your learned ho- the hard way. And I'm your houses? suffering. Um, nothing. None of that's backed. Just more oh, personal debt. Personal debt. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. There's no. I didn't back any assets with the. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was just a personal guarantee. So your personal prior guarantee. your prior exit sort of gone. Say again. Your prior exit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. plowed it back in. Yeah. So it was what, a reinvestment strategy. <laughs> and uh, what I learned the hard way too is that when you're starting a business, be careful. And these are some lessons I learned. Um, one, I was never in it for the profits. I was always like, I had the most equity as the CEO, right. as one running the show. But we had we had five co-founders, oh. yeah. five partners. Ooh, we we had did a seven. We had, we had one had, of uh, our yeah. So we had, we had five. Yeah. And it was intense and one of the one of the lessons i learned was that when you have a even a 10 person company you don't have 10 people you have a hundred connections yeah, yeah. that you have to figure yeah. out and manage yeah, placate. right so we have one of our podcasts was with a company um in the video space they're still around but they started with seven co-founders and um they slowly and then there were what's the what was that movie called and then there were and then there were oh, two. That, what was the uh, uh peter gabriel what was the name of the peter gabriel album this predates you um <laughs> remember Gen- Sled- you heard of Sled- Sled- genesis sledgehammer genesis uh who's who's still around from genesis uh they're all they're, and I then there were three one of the early albums was called and then there were three uh, remember that one how about ou812 ou what huh? oh that's uh van halen Oh. oh, okay. Anyway. I think or Aerosmith. Anyway, the yeah. bottom line is, so We're did, showing our did you repair? Did you actually? The, the, the company I'm referring to went down to three or two. There's two. two uh, they're still around. We did a podcast with them. Yeah, I'm still active. We didn't with lose them. all of our listeners. It's a, uh, listener. a virtual reality company. Okay, a VR. Yeah. So what happened to your five co-founders? Did it just explode with all five? So what implode, happened? Implode, the, the, implode. The, main, the big thing that happened was that things were slow. We still were making payments, and they were unhappy that we weren't making a lot of money. Right. And I, I took it as a, this is our time to learn and figure out and grow. Yeah, exactly. They took it as this is, things are kind of, this is, we are a hard business. Building right. software is hard. Yeah. So when they didn't see the money upside and there's still all the same amount of work and just yeah. more work piling up, I think there's a disconnect about wanting to do this. But then what everyone in this journey found out is that Everyone made the wrong decision of what happened next. Oh, oh. And you mean they had a different view of it, or they all decided so different ten, things? They all ten, ten views of a secret. It was um, we had a co-founder big uh, disagreement. So yep. what happened was that I left for two weeks and working remotely from the Philippines right. in September, where I was starting the first school. So when I left, oh, well, this I, is the part of the story I heard about. Yes, pear, pear so apple. Everything, this. everything comes comes uh, Tim uh, apple. comes yep. together. Um, I left for two weeks, um, but I was still working. I was still doing sales. But then that gave my co-founders the, I guess, the freedom yeah. to realize that I want to do. And I didn't. I owned individually the most. But when you have other co-founders, right. there's yeah. a majority. Yeah, exactly. So when I left, they actually sh- fired all of our clients, fired all of our employees, cool. and shut the business down. Yeah, there we go. And. And that, I, welcome home. And <laughs> your agreement permitted that. And the agreement and the majority, all the equity permitted that. Yeah. And so there you go. And that was the, and I learned about that. And did and you get anything out of it? I got a lot of debt to pay off. Oh. <laughs> so, as did they, though, presumably. So that's the thing well, I learned. A less. Oh, so we're a like we're less. like staggering into each of the pain points. I'm each sorry. of the pain points. So I yeah. learned uh, exactly. So during the business, I had the best credit score. Right. So <laughs> when doing these the debt, sometimes we'd get like we'd get rejected because we put all of our business partners. Oh right. no! So by removing business partners, we actually were approved. Yeah. So I was on almost all the debt, and because I had the best credit score out of everyone, and so. But I was like, it's fine. We're business. It's yeah, like we're friends. We're, we're bros. And like if things things shut, like things are going bad, like I'll 
pick it up. I'll figure it out. Like we'll we'll work oh. through it. So wait a minute. So did so, you so, you could have so you ended up with all the debt at least hanging over you. Yes. Morally and they did, and you could have come back at them legally. Could you so not have? But that's a lot of expense. That's that's legal expense. Yeah. And it's a slower battle yeah. that's still ongoing. Oh, it it's is still. So it's still. Oh. Um, up until two months ago, it's consumed me. Yeah. Every day. Every day on top of my job. Sort of like this podcast. <laughs> But then the only shift that happened between now and the past two months is that I've mentally moved forward. Yeah. And my wallet disagrees, yes. but I've mentally moved forward. Yeah. And whatever slow battle has to happen, it happens. So are we talking millions, hundreds of thousands? No, or we're tens thinking. Of thousands? We're th talking in the hundred thousand range. Okay, so, so not it's still, a lot. Yeah, no, it's well, still a lot of enough. money. I respect that amount of money. It's enough to. It's and, and, uh, yeah. and it's uh, buy a few Teslas. As as you tell it, uh, two of them. Uh, as you tell it, um, or, or one well, of the, or one of the good you, ones. Well, not if you take into account the, ga the savings on gas. Well, then it's like five <laughs> Teslas, of course. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Teslas I, are free, as, actually. As I told you. my wife, yeah. I think that people run out of gas stations to give you gas. Exactly. People <laughs> just always throwing money at me. Um, I don't uh, know where I was going to go with this. It probably but, was not uh, worthwhile. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's terrible. Okay, so anyway, so that's... that's, that's it so was, you are the king of failure here. Oh, so I, I learned a lot, especially because what's well, what, funny. What did you learn that you'd ever have to do again? Oh. I have no partners. So I, my initial thought when I first, when this all concluded, yeah. is that I'll never have partners again. Should we call Pear? Should we call Pear? <laughs> oh, I know he's going to say, so do you have you have legal representation. So I have legal representation. Un unravel that. Yeah, so there's legal representation yeah. working with me. You're not doing all. it in front of Judge Judy? N no. I, I thought she about it. I effective. thought about it pretty funny. That it, it would I, be great because you be might make more money back just from the publicity. So, yes, yeah, so you'd have to have, actually, that would be an interesting thing it? is it's to uh, uh, it's like uh, arbit uh, arbitration. No, yeah. no, 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 no. No, but here's yeah, what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah. You could do make this a reality show, have someone yes. put up the hundred grand. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, to help dissipate the debt, but you have to air your grievances in public. Yeah, yeah that'd be fine. And, and be fine. if everyone else is willing, I, I mean, I've, it's I like this podcast. Yeah. You can just you can call it failure. The reality yeah, is show. this going to be part of the uh, evidence against you? <laughs> well, against me, uh, well, I don't know. They're going to introduce this to prove that he enjoys failure. Yeah, <laughs> they'll say, "Oh, he he loved it. He's he the one it. to take it." Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, I'll say just um, hearing it from your side. Shame on you! <laughs> shame. Okay. How dare you? So he's, I'm sorry. So he's doing it. Of... He's away for two weeks doing something charitable, good for the world, and how and, dare you? But so, what did Bad you learn form. that you could actually take advantage? We'll get their of names the after, so the after thing, this broadcast. My the thing that I immediately jumped to was never have partners Shame. again. Never yeah. have partners but then again. The that doesn't I, work. The thing I learned only a month ago is that yeah. really that's not the right conclusion. Yeah. The conclusion was Don't that have those partners again. I I should have taken a chapter of what Zuckerberg did really well. Was that Zuckerberg. He, so. Out of oh. all the mistakes and things, the things he's done, our listenership will go up with that. <laughs> he yeah. he prioritized voting rights as yes. opposed to the oh. equitable money rights. Right. Yeah. So he has two x voting rights, That's which right. allows him to be the fifty one percent. And is that I never cared about the money. I've never been the like oh I'll be the billionaire. Right. I wanted to make sure I could lead, architect, and grow the vision. Yeah, but he, uh, Zuckerberg cares about both. Yeah, yeah. He cares about both, which is but, fair. Yeah. And your the, partners may not have agreed to that, but I suppose yeah. you could argue if I'm putting the money in, I get to double so, my or, vote. Or so, more to the point, he it's not necessarily he put the money in, more but he money. put the risk in. Yeah. With so, the credit yeah. score, so he yeah, put, yeah 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 agreed agreed yeah, yeah. so. Agreed. You, you, you would want to build a, a subscription agreement or, or whatever it is for your next startup where it's it's equitable share of, of proceeds, but um, it's somehow pro rata to the risk or to the, exactly. to the so investment that's, and that's, the so risk. That's, yeah, that's, so that's the thing I learned was that unusual. I would rather be, I'd be much more reasonable. So we had a big equity, when we had the VC, right. we actually were all equal partners. Right. Up until this was a year and a half right. in the business, we were still all equal. The only time we actually became unequal is when we were doing the VC deal. Right. We had a, those, that hard conversation with equity. Right. And even though like determined CEO, position-wise, we're still all equal. Right. We were all equal up until summer of 2018. Yeah. And the only difference apart was that when we said we're getting equity, we're going to have to determine equity percentages right. and all that. So I was fighting for my equity share because of the risk and time and energy right. I put in really growing the business. But really, I was putting it to an argument so that I had more votes. Right. But that came out as wanting like votes and money, and I didn't articulate that because I also didn't have that concept in my head. Right. And that's all bundled together. What I realized and should have pointed out was that I, I'd be completely fine if you guys had more money or equal money, 
and different voting. Right. And that's like the big lesson I learned is that when I start my next business, if everyone is so focused on the profit, I'll structure something that keeps everyone happy, and then, but then I keep the control. Well, yeah, or or the or maybe depersonalize it. The person that took the most risk, yes, uh, gets the, the the greater voting control, such that you know one guy leaves for a couple of weeks and doesn't come back. There should and be, simply be an inverse be locked out of his office. Yeah. There should be an inverse relationship to to allow the person who has the most risk to vote um, in in extra proportion. So to, so or, as to protect the, the downside. Yeah, exactly. So how how do you how do you yeah, rate no, exactly, the risk? Exactly. Exactly. So if you've Pro-rata guaranteed sixty three percent of the debt, let's say yeah. you've got sixty three percent voting share. Yeah. So let's go in a direction that's that. So that's that's something new that has not been discussed before on this podcast. But there's actually another aspect which goes um, more universally that I wonder whether you can explore, um, and that would be getting over failure. Hmm. Because that, to me, is, I mean, you've got a really interesting lesson here. When you've got more than one founder, you've got co-founders, and in the somewhat unusual, but not, I suspect, entirely unusual situation where you have unequal um, risk because of, in your case, credit scores. Well, it's not just risk, so it's time. So my business partners actually left for months at a time to go travel and have fun and work remotely. But whenever they left, they never actually worked. So I'd pick up all the slack. So the thing I actually thought about was that not just the risk, I took a lion's share of the time put in because right. they would go, one would leave for Germany, one would leave for a continental That's tour in Asia. Is that not a different issue? So it's, well, it's a, a matter of measuring that. So what you're saying is so we've got, this is interesting. So you're, you're determining voting and equitable <laughs> share based on financial contribution, time contribution, maybe value of intellectual property, yeah. which we didn't discuss and backing of the debt yes. or, 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 you know, assuming the risk. There's like buckets. There's I see. too yeah. many issues here. I feel yeah. like there's too many issues because I thought we walked into this, uh, this part of the discussion because I want to circle back to the other um, in our copious yeah, we can, time. Um, no, we're already at an hour. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, I thought we were talking about the, the added risk you had and that made sense. You're now, and that was, an, I'll argue somewhat, I'm assuming yeah. somewhat unusual, but there are, I'm sure, co-founders where they are taking on debt and some have better credit ratings and not so i'll say that's a little less common but this other issue of partners who are not putting as much time is probably yeah. very very common very common and yeah. so far as i know the allocation of equity has typically preceded occurs early yeah and so you know you're uh, not 50 percent owners you're uh, yeah. 30 or 30 30 yeah. or whatever it is and so that discussion doesn't have a chance to come up but here you had a weird situation where the equitable rights were for a, a recounting of equitable rights yeah. was forced by the um, VC. Is that that's the case? Yeah. So we we did the equitable rights because we had a VC term sheet. It and was early on, but early on it was but equal. But the trigger share. was the term sheet. The t- trigger was but the term. What was it before but that? Before the term sheet was it equal across the board? Equal across the board. Okay. And we and had no. Y- no qualms about because, that. Yeah, because you're, you're dividing up a bucket that's worth zero <laughs> at that point. Okay, and it was in these. In this was a corporation. Yeah, so it was you an had, LLC. Okay, so then the equity. So then the money came in and said, "We don't like things being equal because of what? What did they say?" So I, uh, so the VC actually didn't provoke the. You should change your equity. They assumed that we had different equity. So, and that was when I was doing the, the negotiate, like not right. negotiating, the deals and doing the pitches. They already assumed we had different equity. So, but I didn't share that we were all equal altogether. Right. But what did and, they say when they finally discovered that you were equal? What did they say? Well, they, what, didn't, they didn't discover. What, they didn't ask for a cap table? At so that point? They, they asked for the cap table right. and I shared that they were equal, but I said right as soon as we said we're equal that this is changing. Right. And so that discussion was immediately... Put aside. Yeah, so they looked at the sheet and they put it down. But they wait put a it minute. Down. So, but what? So what? Okay. So the so the VC did not care whether you were equal or not equal. They all they cared is your cumulative total. They viewed us as a cumulative total. Like even if right. we had five co-founders, as as we're right. one they, they, were they wanted to figure out, you know, how do I dilute the founder share of ninety percent of the company exactly uh, by you know adding whatever five million bucks. So and, you're saying that internally. So in this was a. a somewhat and actually now it's not such an unusual case because now what you're saying was this is a company where the co-founders had equal shares which is not mm. uncommon and 
a significant funding event came up and that led to some soul searching yeah and your partners saw you as essentially saying hey wait a minute i deserve more because i'm at more risk because of my credit and you guys take these long vacations and you don't do squat yeah that probably wasn't well received it wasn't well received but it was well acknowledged and that we had the discussion and we had a hard discussion. Well, everybody looks at themselves was, and say they it, contribute and more. And was this before the mansion parties? This is after the mansion oh, parties. Okay. okay. So, so every, you've already all been to jail together anyway. <laughs> everybody, so everybody looks at themselves and yeah. says, well, I'm doing X. So the one who was in Germany much too much of the time probably yeah. said, yes, but I know how to code in Python or Ruby on Rails and nobody else does. And this is where more, more of our contracts are coming in. Is that correct? So everybody has a way to justify why they deserve at least an equal share of the pie, if not more. Everybody had a reason to justify. Um, but the So reason... why should we believe yours? So, yeah. so Because um, the other guys aren't here. That's yeah, true. That's right. There we go. And, they're, they're uh, just, uh, and there's no court stenographer here they're either. They're just losers. <laughs> <laughs> well, the I tape is running. Yeah. The discussion I had, why I talk about risk, was that when I viewed risk, is that cumulative aspect of the weights that kind of put. The right. thing I learned about that weights you put on different buckets. So when I was making the pitch for my equity, I was saying that why, one, I've been really guiding and growing our business in terms of sales. I'm the only one who can code and build in any technology. I'm versatile in whatever we build. And that's like a small part, but a big part of being a technology company. And that I was the one who really architected how we did design, how we did development, how we built our products. And I'm the one really shaping our growth. And what my initial architecture you have all three deployed and grown and built on top of what did um, they say so we we we, yeah. we we can we'll take we will assume well, we'll stipulate do we do we, we'll, do we want to litigate rather than stipulate no no we <laughs> will particular st- thing no no we'll stipulate that that you're going to tell us that you did more than they did but yeah, what did so they say they did so if, like i can say whatever i say this exactly is judge judy yeah yeah i can i can say a lot of baloney judge um, mark the judge day yeah their their Keep argument going. um is, is also very valid is that they have been leading that each once once you've grown the business and they've acknowledged sure you did this but now i'm leading this realm yeah. i'm leading this design i'm now leading development exactly. taking that so what's your me, response right, to leading that project manager and i say that's that makes sense but i would completely agree with you and say that you're leading it if it weren't that you're the employees were hiring in like I didn't say it as bluntly as I should have. Right. We're doing a better job than you were. Well, and that gets into a different... That's, so, that's now your dog is ugly. So yeah. my, the thing, I didn't say it as cleanly as that I, what I articulated was that you're not, your doing, you're not doing your job. Right. And I recognize that it's a team and this often imbalanced work and that we cumulatively work together. And so that when you have that imbalance of work and you have different life um, expectations, you want to travel, you want to do this, that's fine. The equity should reflect the level so of work. So can we turn this in. around? So let's, yeah. let's actually turn this around because um, it sounds like now this is sound, started as a very uncommon situation. And, and now it's turned into an incredibly common it's situation. It's a very common situation. So let's take that story because all I'm hearing is there are co-founders who as typical um have well everyone has pre-allocated shares they can be equal or not equal but they are what they are and then later in the game circumstances change maybe maybe one of the co-founders brings in what turns out to be a really lucrative deal maybe one of them turns out to vacation um what the others think is too much so what can you what insights can you give to our perhaps three listeners maybe one um about how how co-founders should handle these kind of disputes going forward because they're going to happen in every yeah they happen in every law firm so, every partnership yeah, so rule number one every. don't don't share living quarters <laughs> well, so, okay but yeah that's um, but that's behind us yeah the that's that that's when i said get get to the uncommon the part i actually learned um one having the open discussion about what is it you personally want on a regular basis is a thing i I tried to facilitate, but I don't know if I fully learned until after the fact what it, how you actually do that type of discussion. Um, but I, what would that have gotten? Just to jump yeah. ahead on that. So I see what you're saying is we should have a kumbaya meeting every so often. <laughs> well, no, no, it but, sounds like you should have that meeting at the onset. No, but they did. They did. They had as much of a meeting as they needed at the onset. At the onset, if they're a hungry company with five co-founders all wanting to do the same thing, and that's all fine. What's going to happen is the problem with these kumbaya parties is, I would guess, is that everyone will say, yeah, I should really get better at that, but um, you try to take some of my shares and I'll stick this fork through your hand. So that's exactly that's exactly so, the, the kumbaya meetings we yeah, had. Yeah. Um, the the one thing that's different with the kumbaya, I would say, is that it's not about we're excited about 
the vision or where we're headed because we were always we had these meetings we talked about what we wanted to do it's just about the idea when you put time against a business that this is what i tell about the, the entrepreneurs we're looking right. to invest in now is that think about it as five and ten years right this is not an idea and it's that you're you're sinking your life a chunk of your life into this right and it's alignment about what we're doing for the next five or ten years that reality i think at least I had, and I, I don't see it in startups about the reality of what we're doing, what I'm going to be doing as a co-founder, employee, a mm-hmm. team member for five years is a discussion that really happens. Yeah, but so just, uh, yeah. but isn't everyone going to say whatever they're expected to say to justify, oh yeah, we agree, that's a great idea. You but know? then you have, to, you have to really agree to it in writing. Yeah. So right, so this will be a lifestyle play for me. I intend to go to so, but go to Tahiti for a month every year. But he, you're no. right about the we had a change in what was we started off as I don't know. I found out later what the change was that we moved from wanting to build a business to becoming a lifestyle business, and that was a distinct when that split happened. I couldn't identify until it was too late. Right. Where we were all in alignment, and then suddenly it's like, I don't want to make this a big business. So you're telling me that had you had a different discussion at the outset, at least one of the people would have said, no, no, I really don't want to work that hard. I want to make this a lifestyle business. You, somebody would have admitted that? I feel if I had the, ch- the understanding I do now, how I broached that. No, I feel of course like, that's yeah, now. Yeah, but, but that was also part of, in fairness to your co-founders, your mission was also to do the, this, this charitable work. Yeah. So that was your, uh, yeah. the aspect and- for you of your lifestyle business of the lifestyle business as well, but um, I'm beginning to think that but that's a nobler cause than I just want to go sit on the beach in Tahiti. I'm beginning to think there may be one value to having five. I'm assuming the agreement. Did the agreement provide any mechanism for if three or four uh, by some sort of majority that you could vote? Well, that's how we out? got screwed. It was majority. So two of the co-founder, one co-founder and I were complete aligned about everything. That we like meaning that we were talking about growing the business. We were hiring employees and staff, and like towards what we're trying to accomplish. The other three wanted to fire employees and get down to just four of us and make it a lifestyle consultant. Okay, right. so here's an argument. So, so and those three controlled uh, uh, the, the majority. majority. Yeah. Or yeah. you and the other uh, guy that you were aligned no. with would have been the majority. Yeah. So, so if you two had sort of malevolent intent, you would have you would have gotten together and say, all right, we're going to vote our shares, and these three guys didn't are out. Did this work out perfectly? <laughs> In some bizarre way, it actually worked out. Though I'll argue, for them, <laughs> no, no, no. So I mean, the one there, the one rubbing point is that it sounds like you got saddled with um, the debt. You got saddled with more debt, though that's remediable in court, and that's mm. one thing you could tell people, you could counsel people to avoid, which is whatever you do, the burden on all, everyone has to be the same with respect to debt. However, that yeah. gets done. Um, however, that gets done, and I'll argue, everything else is probably. Appropriate. So if that one thing had been fixed, maybe that would have changed the voting, the voting when you were gone. Or if it hadn't changed the voting when you were gone, then it says to me, yeah, yeah, you're here, here, you're here telling us that, it, you know, I could have been a, I could have been a star. You know? <laughs> could have been a star. Could have <laughs> but been in point of fact, but in point of fact, three out of five of you thought you weren't going to be a star. Yeah, and so, right. so the result was correct, except the, the, except for the mistake, except for the mistake of your taking on too much burden. Uh, on the the debt, which seems like you still should be able to get that back on them, and I'm surprised. By the way, how, how are they arguing that point? How are they arguing the point that they don't they don't that that you should be taking a disproportionate hit on payback of the debt? So the, this is a part of the lessons I learned was that when the business shut, like the, effectively when everything shut down, no money was coming in anymore. We told they was told yeah, got that. that the clients were saying, "Oh, we're not you're not in business anymore," and so I found that out, but. Now banks and credit cards are now, they actually informed, said, hey, we're shutting down to credit card and banks. And so now they're calling saying, okay, we'd like you to pay off the... Yeah, right. we'd so like our money back, there, please. So, so why is it the case that you're not... Yes, you... Why is it the case that they don't owe you their pro rata share? Because when declaring... Or per share. When you're a bank yeah, financial institution, it doesn't matter um, if you declare for... Ba- it doesn't matter if you're the company or whatever. When you declare bankruptcy, your guarantors are who you come after. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's what they're doing. But is there um, is there not some arrangement in the agreement that would allow you to go after them for their proportionate share? No. And th- we had a standard LLC. We had a standard operating agreement. We had a lawyer. We probably know it, like MBB. Like we had a pretty good legal representation. And so we had a good agreement. But... No, we didn't have, and like that's one thing to watch out for. I think 
Like even our lawyer in counsel, how debt is split up. We've learned something. So what it comes down to is um, shit may hit the fan and in, in, in all likelihood right. from failure of the podcast, this, we've learned that. Yeah, it, that, this blurb is going to write itself. No, 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 no. That's what I'm learning. So, so the bottom line is in most startups, most startups fail, right? Yeah. Many, they do. Many, many do. They do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Number one. Number two, um, you're not going to be able to figure out at the beginning what things are going to look like going way down the line. But perhaps the one backstop you should put in place is to make sure that the no one one of you is in left, disprop- is left holding the, the bag. bag disproportionately on on um, debt. United we United we fall. United yeah. we whatever. right. The only the only question I have is whether if you put in more equity at the outset. So I guess there should be an alignment between debt and shares. Debt yes. equity, debt and equity. There should yeah. be an alignment there so that people vote appropriately. Yeah. And everything else sounds like shit yeah, so happens. You have, you have to yeah. do a prenuptial agreement yeah. that, that's it, that's written in such a way that again it anticipates failure. But all the other stuff seems like kumbaya stuff. It's just never going to happen. Yeah, but I think it's all in the prenup. Well, but I don't think it has to. No, I'm arguing that if you if you align debt and equity um, obligations in the end, that's all you really need to do because who in the end knows whether the, he would have been a star? Who would have known? Know. What yeah. we do know is that three or five people think it wouldn't have been, and as long as they could all have agreed how to split up the debt in the end proportionately, right. then it was probably the correct answer. And this is okay. just what happens with five co-founders. You've got five people to help pull so it forward and five people to shut it down. Yeah. No, well, Our three, work is done. We, we have, have solved three, all three the in one way and two in the other. <laughs> we have solved the universe's problems. There you go. Yeah. Well, I guess that's this pod- podcast. Then you want to bring it to a close? I think I just did. <laughs> Thank close. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Awkward close. <laughs> <laughs>